Hello everyone and welcome to the new Consumer Friend podcast. We hope you're all well and enjoying the series of podcasts on consumer rights, consumer vulnerability and information on the best way to make your home more energy efficient. As ever, more information can be found on our website www.consumerfriend.org.uk and please follow us on social media. I'm pretty sure we're on most of the popular ones. Discussion for today's podcast is an extension from the extremely popular podcast that we did about a month ago on consumer vulnerability with a bit of a twist. We're going to be looking at kind of the new consumer duty. Not really too sure what that means. Lucky Louise is here. It's due to launch in April next year and also the new homes code. Again, still struggling with that one. All with a view to what this means for people so that they can get a better outcome, a better deal. To talk me through what all this means is Louise and Sophie. Hi, Lou. How are you doing today? Oh, Adam's got his DJ voice on, Sophie. He's got his D- Radio <laughs> 2 DJ voice on. I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Hi, Adam. I'm doing really well today. How are you? I take my inspiration no. from Dr. Fox in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> The Pepsi chart show. Uh, oh. <laughs> I was I read, I was listening to an Audible's book showing my age there as well around how a lady was talking about like Doctor Fox how you listen to it and then actually those DJs move on radio stations with you to like yeah. classic yes. FM, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which makes you feel really old, really really old. Yeah, um, was it uh, Chappers Com- Comedy Dave? Was it, no, was it Com- no, it wasn't Comedy Dave. Um. It was Mark Chapman on the Scott Mills show in and. In, in the 90s he's now he's now on radio 5 so i listen to him on radio 5 now <laughs> <laughs> oh i haven't quite got to radio 2 yet because i don't like music now i just listen to talk radio it's a well lot. your voice is back to normal showing your, your voice oh. is back to normal <laughs> <laughs> this is good okay thank god for that uh, hi sophie how are you doing i'm i'm a bit bored of louise taking the piss out of me now so hi sophie how are you <laughs> Hi Adam, I am very well actually. I'm okay. Bit sore still from the marathon, so so still feeling a little bit sorry for myself, but also proud. The London Marathon, how was it? Very good. Very long. Very marathony, but you know, honestly, um, four and a half hours. Massive, massive. Well done. Huge achievement. Really, really good. Uh, to both of you. To both of you. Okay, we weren't going to mention that I I did the uh, the marathon because I I, I, did, I I did it in your name, <laughs> so we were, we weren't allowed to talk about that. But okay, I mean I mean I'm not not overly fussed. Yes, I did the marathon as well, and Sophie got me through the last <laughs> five miles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thank you. We got each other through. Yeah, thank you so much for that, Sophie. It was the best day ever. It really I'm not was. sure whether we do mention that now, Adam. <laughs> okay, well then we can remove it. No, I think it's okay. I don't think anyone's going to care that much are they that I took your Don't number know. Uh, thank you Louise for letting me have your number Although don't want to get banned yeah, for fair life enough. Fair enough. <laughs> right okay so uh, we're looking at again consumer vulnerability and what it means for businesses and how they could should maybe have a bit more of an inclusive design when they're looking at designing their products and services and kind of what that means to consumers and to people uh, so Louise and Soph or let's go with Louise first can we just have a brief overview of what consumer vulnerability means to you? Um, broad brush. So um, we talk about 
two types of consumer vulnerability, situational and marketplace. Um, situational vulnerability talks about things that are going on around you. So your circumstance or your situation causes you to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is not static, it's dynamic. We move in and out of periods of vulnerability. Um, and so whilst you've got situations like bereavement, divorce, relationship breakdowns, job losses, um, physical disabilities, and where you are in that stage in that particular journey, those things can cause you situational vulnerability. Also being in debt, cost of living crisis damn it that means i owe you got a bottle of wine well what are we like four minutes in yeah wine. don't worry <sighs> i remembered this last last time i didn't say amazon rainforest on the last one which is a nightmare oh. and then we even we start again which means i don't owe you any wine um uh, and then uh the, the marketplace vulnerability is around uh when we when we we buy something in a marketplace that we might be first time to that marketplace or we might never have done it before. It might be a long time coming to it or we're trying to make decisions based on imperfect information that can also make us vulnerable. So two types and also the two can mesh together so you can have the two going on at the same time, which causes greater vulnerability and greater chances for consumers to either become what could be a victim of a crime at the most serious end of it or just to not get the best outcomes for them at that particular moment in time. So it means that we could be making unwise decisions. You're always allowed, everyone's allowed, there's an always, there's an allowance to make an unwise decision. We're always allowed to make unwise decisions. Um, but yeah, it's about outcome focus. So actually, from a business perspective, it's about businesses ensuring that they've done everything they possibly can to ensure that consumers and their customer base get the best outcome that they can based on the information and support they're given by that particular business. Soph, anything to add? Yeah. We don't call people vulnerable. Biggest one. And it's a, it's a fluid state. It's something we move in and out of. So you could be circumstantially vulnerable today but not tomorrow so I think it's really important to remember that not to you know classify somebody as a vulnerable person when I was talking to somebody a little while ago and we were talking about police forces and sometimes they classify people who are 65 as a vulnerable person immediately so you get burgled today you're not vulnerable you get burgled tomorrow you've had your birthday in between you're immediately a vulnerable person which is I don't think it's the right way of classifying people um so, yeah, I've, don't call people vulnerable. That's completely disempowering. And also, it, my mum's 73. If you said to my mum she was vulnerable, she'd take your head off. Let's be real. There's mm-hmm. nothing vulnerable about my mum or your mum ads at all. And, and what that means is that those people are potentially getting a different service just because they're being deemed as vulnerable. It's, it's also that that vulnerability piece as well. We're not always aware of our vulnerabilities or that situational vulnerability until we move out of it. So... Um, to engage with with people when they are in that vulnerable state, shall we say, by calling them vulnerable. It's like, like I've said, like telling a drunk person they're drunk or a toddler that they're tired. You know, when someone tells you you're drunk, when you're drunk, you go, no, I'm not. <laughs> Isn't, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't. I go, yep, that's correct. And I love <laughs> I <mean>. you. <laughs> but, or you go, no, I'm not. Like, because you then get, like, you get like shame about it. You get like embarrassed because it feels like somebody's sort of shining a spotlight on you or um, trying to then sort of make decisions for you because of that your lack of capacity or whatever they think that is at that time so it it won't you won't get that person won't get the best outcomes if they're feeling like they're being judged or shamed or 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 labeled in that way okay Mm -hmm. okay so uh, what what should businesses be doing to almost recognize these these issues that people might be having 
design an inclusive service. What does that so mean? What I, well, what that means is basically if you design your, if you use people that have, have lived with vulnerability at any point, situational marketplace, experienced it in any way, those people are your experts by experience. Those are your lived expert, lived, lived, lived with experience experts. Ask them, learn from them, design your services for those people, your goods or your services for those people with those people at the heart of everything, communications, marketing, uh, introductions, uh, end user customer services all of that stuff you'll then capture you'll capture everybody and everybody will get will get a fantastic service sounds it's easy when you put it like that don't it It really does so i mean (laughs) and and i think there are some really good examples of inclusive design or or certainly maybe not inclusive design but maybe a design that started off with a particular demographic in mind that's actually gone on to suit a lot of other people i suppose if we think about things like the configurable bank accounts that kind of stuff which haven't been done yet haven't been done yet but there are now configurable bank accounts out there the the ones like for children the go henry's and uh, of this world Mm -hmm. and there's now one for people living with dementia but they've got certain aspects of their accounts that can be used for so many different things like putting payments on hold that kind of stuff it's if if you if you designed so like and if i say it she's she's going to go off like the alexas for example which is voice recognition which was designed for people with visual impairments initially voice recognition technology was actually that's something that benefits billions of people now because lots of people have them in their homes i mean i'm not convinced it's a massive benefit i hate the idea of i know you do something in my home listening to everything that i'm doing I have not one in every room. Makes my life easier. But I'm not sure. I love mine. You can't say it out loud. I, you can't I, say it out loud because she'll start playing the no. other, I love you song. <laughs> I lo- Thanks for saying no, I love I you. Love you. <laughs> yeah. Life is sweet as candy. That one. <laughs> so, yeah, there are some really good examples of inclusive design out there. I, I completely agree. Um, so if we kind of look at this consumer duty that's coming in, I... I I, I've been in trading standards for four years, so not very long at all. And we get given, I get given these different bits of uh, like legislation and this stuff like like acts. What's legis- What's a duty? I don't even really know what the difference between a duty or a code is. Can you explain that to me? So the the consumer duty is coming in from the Financial Conduct Authority. Now, some of this is boring, so I'm going to try and keep it as less boring as possible. But basically, it's talking about all firms that are regulated, so financial organisations. When you're from a customer base, it's retail banks. Um, I'm just going to so stop you. Stop you again. When you say financial organisations, do you mean banks? Is that all you mean? I mean every no. I mean everybody that's regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. But it's not. We don't need to talk about that really because it's not that relevant. If we if we focus on um, from a consumer aspect, it's around banks. Let's talk about banks for yes, now. Yes, please, because I, I understand that. Right. So yeah. it's talking about customers about banks acting in uh, good faith towards their retail customers. Avoiding causing foreseeable harm to retail customers and enabling and supporting those retail customers to pursue their financial objectives. That's all corporate. Basically, it's make sure your customers get the best outcomes again. So basically, look after your customers, make sure they understand the decisions that they're making and make sure they get the best outcomes depending on their personal circumstances. Doesn't it feel like common sense and doesn't it feel sad that we have to have a duty... (laughs) to 
um, encourage businesses to b- behave in this way for their customers? It almost feels like, um, I mean, going back to my retail days, this is just good customer service, right? That's all this is. This is, this is, this is making sure that your customer has the best experience in your store or whatever it is. So this is making sure that your, uh, your customer in the bank gets the right deal and is, is happy with the service that that bank is providing. To, to bring it back to consumer vulnerability as well, it's about ensuring that all of your staff are trained to identify and support those consumers that might be vulnerable and also reinvigorating that definition space that like we're talking about now, just because you're old doesn't mean you're vulnerable, just because you've got disability doesn't mean you're vulnerable. It's about broadening our horizons around what 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 could what could mean or pinpoint vulnerability and ensure that everybody's supported because everybody could be living with consumer vulnerability at a particular time. So it's about awareness as well and and uh, empathy. Let's just make it real. Like, actually, let's try and have a think about how the person in front of us might be feeling or what they might be going through at this particular time. Do you think that's a big responsibility, though, for a bank, for instance, to be thinking and considering all of those things when they've got a customer in front of them? So it is a lot, isn't it? And it should happen, but it's a lot. You can see that it could get missed. I, I I do, but I think it's exactly the right thing that should be happening. Um, but I also think it's about as long as I think it's about trying. That sounds like I sound like a primary school teacher. Just try your best. Like no one needs to win Sports Day. Don't believe that. Somebody should win Sports Day. However, um, it's it's about if you've got it from a corporate level. So if you've got it pushing from the top down to say we will train you. So it's it's best endeavours to train your staff on what could pinpoint vulnerability isn't it we're not saying that so if you work in a bank and actually uh john comes in and john has literally just had a massive row with his girlfriend and she's just moved out and he's suffering relationship breakdowns and now he needs to get a credit card because he's decided that's what he wants to do because he wants to go on a a massive spending spree because he's feeling really depressed so he's vulnerable i'm not expecting you to go so john What's happened to you today? Is there anything that pinpoints consumer vulnerability for you today? Is there anything that's happened to you? But if John happens to say, I've just broken up with my girlfriend and I want a credit card because I'm not sure what I'm going to do with my finances, that should raise alarm bells in your head for you then to maybe just check that he's getting the best outcomes for him at that particular time. Yeah, absolutely. But as we've said, don't make assumptions. And we've said that, we touched on that in our previous podcast about consumer vulnerability we can't make assumptions about people so just because somebody presents in those first few seconds as um, okay and happy and relaxed actually we do have to take a little bit of time with our customers our consumers because actually there might be something more going on behind the scenes so it's about training definitely top-down training has to happen and also the duty the duty is completely underpinned by the, the the concept of reasonableness um so firms are only required to do what's reasonable taking into account the audience so again if john is presenting absolutely fine and I don't know who John is, by the way. Poor old John. Poor old John. He's just had his relationship breakdown. But if John is presenting absolutely fine and doesn't divulge any information, it wouldn't be reasonable for Sophie to identify any vulnerability at that particular time if there's no other things pinpointing that. And it's important to look at other things, not just what people say. Yeah. As we've discussed, body language, other indications, um, lack of engagement. There could be a whole raft of things. And th- and this is, 
Yeah, it's there's there's a lot to it, but it's so important. And, and it's vital. All of the other stuff, like what's his other bank account information like? What's what products is he trying to access? Has he tried to access these before? Is this just part of his normal routine? He gets a new credit card every six months. Do you know what I mean? Is this something completely out of character? Um, or is he trying to borrow fifty thousand pounds against his house? Is there is there higher risk? So it's all about so it's all of that, isn't it? It's not just one particular thing. And like we've said, it's really subjective. How an, a relationship breakdown could affect you, so could affect me in a completely different way. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, so we've got new consumer duty which is coming in uh, in April. So do all banks need to follow? Sorry, financial organisations or financial institutions do they need to be following this consumer duty? I think it's July actually. I don't okay, think it's so. April. I think it's. I think they have to have their plans in place by April. Um, it's July for some, and then it's so July twenty three for some organisations and July twenty four for others. So it depends on on which which organisation you are, depending on when you have to have the duty in play. But the the F, the financial con I nearly used an acronym then the financial conduct authority. Um, I read one of the speeches that one of their top chaps made the other day. They're going to enforce it. They want they want a step change within financial organisations, like we're seeing in lots of different industries as well around consumer vulnerability. Okay, so that kind of brings us on to this this new homes code that's that's coming about around. Um, consumer vulnerability as well and, how, and, and why they should be recognising consumer vulnerability. How many times can we use the word vulnerability in one podcast? I'm going to, I'm going to, when I go through it, I'm going to actually do a, little, do a little tally and see how many, how many times we use we it. We should play bingo. We should play bingo <laughs> Just, doing this. I might, do, I, might, I might do a shot every time I hear it. <laughs> Your DJ voice will be full swing by the end of the podcast if that the, the the new homes quality code the the underpinning sort of golden thread of it is around consumer vulnerability. It's uh, everybody, in my opinion, everybody that's buying a new house is vulnerable because it's not something we do every day. So you've got all of the situational vulnerability around the financial outlay and the choices you have to make, and then the marketplace. You've got a double whammy of consumer vulnerability there. So it's it's right and proper again that that should be brought into into that industry and ensure that vulnerable people are protected or people living with vulnerability are protected should i say so it's Not kind of re- almost recognizing that moving house is one of the most stressful life events you can ever go through i hate i hate moving house i don't think i'll ever do what it ever it? again death of a loved one divorce or separation moving house job loss or serious injury, injury those are yeah. your five those are your five most and a lot of those can coincide with moving house so separation or divorce because then you have to move house potentially new job you might have to move house death of a loved one you might have to move house so all of those things you can have double whammy double double vulnerability whammy wow yeah um yeah so there's that one and then again there's some other work that's been going on recently within um sort of people buying funerals which is this is a happy podcast isn't it oh um, my words i'm funerals around fair funerals and and buy it because again you're vulnerable you don't do that every day you don't buy more than one funeral plan do you Across regulation, you've got financial financial regulation looking at vulnerability. You've got funerals looking at vulnerability and how they can ensure their customers get a best deal. You've got new homes trying to see whether their customers can get the best deal. Then you've got Ofgem, Ofcom. Now, again, using acronyms, but they're the regulators for communications and the regulators for gas and electricity providers. They're all looking at vulnerability. This is, this is the way of the world at the minute. Businesses need to get on board to ensure that they are supporting their customer base and at the moment i i would say over 50 percent of their customer base will be living with some sort of consumer vulnerability 
Okay, so you, so you think that the big organisations, the big businesses that there are in in the country are taking this seriously? What, I don't think uh, businesses. Or, I think regulators. I think government. Are, I'm not sure about businesses. Okay, okay. So if I was a, a small, medium, smaller, medium enterprise, an SME, why should I take this seriously? I'm, I I could be bogged down with so many other things. I've got a you know a a profit margin to worry about and all that kind of stuff. I've got to find new, find new customers and marketing. Why should I be taking this into account? Because it's the right thing to do, first and foremost. Secondly, it, it improves your customer recommendation. It improves your staff retention, your staff welfare as well, and the fact that they get more quality in the work that they do. Things like when people are reviewing your company, they're going to they're review you as a co- company that provided the, with the best service possible and gave you the best outcomes. Did I say it's the right thing to do? <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah. just to just to recap, it's the right thing to do. <laughs> okay. So, for that, there were some other things. Sophie, what else have I missed there? What what other reasons are to do it? I was just, yeah, I was just thinking. I I think that's it's the right thing to do. Yes. Louise. That's why <laughs> that has to be number one. Yeah. It's the right thing to do, people. Now, come on, um, yeah. Start, like you say, st- actually happy staff because they're getting fulfillment from their job. Really important. Um, reviews you've mentioned. I think you've covered the main ones. Um, and it's good for, you know, it creates competitive uh, playing field for businesses. It does. If you've got, if you're offering a better service, then that's, that's good for your business. Okay, so yeah. businesses should be creating their products creating their services to think about everyone the whole the whole spectrum of people in in the country when they're interacting with customers they should be taking into account potential situational vulnerability understanding that marketplace vulnerability is out there understanding that there is that knowledge gap between the trader and the customer and that the trader should not be taking advantage of that fact and should be should be trying to educate the, the customer as much as the customer wants to be educated. I mean, if someone came to me and said, uh, I want you to, uh, you probably need to put a heat pump in. I don't, again, struggling with that, that kind of idea mm-hmm. of that. I go, okay, fine. I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to know the ins and outs of a heat pump. I don't need to know the ins and outs of a heat pump, but I can be told the, 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 the basic facts about it, right? And that's good for me. Well, it, it depends, doesn't it? Like, so, I don't really know what you're asking, Adam. <laughs> I don't really understand that question. <laughs> I think I think from a business perspective, I think businesses have a duty, and, and not just from a, from a legal standpoint. There's something around plain English and effective communications. So where you're something saying I failed about, to do there. Well, which is where you're talking about education, <laughs> right? So where you're, like, so you're talking subject specific, like, do you want to be educated about heat pumps? Well, you might do. It depends on your own personal preference. Like, so fair enough. But actually, it's about providing information that is accessible to everybody. So if you make the information accessible and as simple as possible, if people want more information... That's fine, but the basic information to make um, a, the the decision that that person needs to make has to be in plain English and available in as many possible formats as possible. So if that's on the phone, face to face, in letter, in email, on a website, whatever whatever's a preference in relation to that. I know resource allowing, but it's about making information accessible, simple, easy to understand, um, so that you're that people are able to weigh up the facts and the information that they've got in front of them, and then 
to be able to understand. Be, so businesses need to be proactive in that. This is the support we can offer you. So again, you don't even need to put your hand up and go, look, I'm really vulnerable right now because people don't like doing that or don't know that either. But it's about businesses proactively going, look, here's, here's the services we can offer you. We can offer you one-to-one support. We can offer you letter support. We can bring a friend with you. Uh, do you want to do it on the phone? Do you want time to think about it? Um, do you need it? printed off in font 16 like I would because I can't see anything um, with more white space on the page so that you've got time to consider it it's just about businesses being proactive and saying look we're here to help you having a bit of empathy in this space if there's things that are going on in your life share them with us we'll see how we can support you which then opens up that it's an open conversation between a business and a consumer to then allow them to then get the best outcomes for what they want it's communication really not to simplify it too much, but it is. Um, okay, thank you, Lou. Uh, so, do you want to just do a, a quick summary of, of of what kind of what we've discussed? I don't think we've ever seen consumer vulnerability like we're going to see it because of everything that's going on in the world. So, I think it's even more key. It's always been key for people to be able to identify and support people that are situationally or marketplace vulnerable. However, it's more. I said quick. I said quick, Louise. I said quick. Right now, all right, all right, ads. Don't, don't. I'll start again. I'll be like a kid that starts again on repeat. So it's really important that businesses are are trained and educated and up on this stuff around consumer vulnerability, so they can support their customers, design inclusive services, and ensure that actually everybody's getting the best outcomes. No one's got any money, so we need to ensure that if people are buying things, they're getting the right things for them. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, so yes, there is more information on the Consumer Friend website. If you're a business out there and you want to know a bit more information, please get in touch with us. You can use the contact box on the website or you can do it through social media, whatever it, whatever it is. However, whatever way you want to contact us, you can contact us because we try and be as inclusive as possible. Um, <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, I've, oh, I've look, got, I've got look what that. you did there, Ads. Look what you did. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, that's it for today. Uh, thank you very much, Sophie. Thank you, Adam. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and thank you very much, Louise. I think a pleasure might be a little bit of a step too far, but thanks, Ads. I, I had a great time. So uh, You so always do, Adam. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Uh, see you all later. Bye. Bye.